Welcome back, everyone, to the Digital Signage Today podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Cooper. I'm the editor of Digital Signage Today. And today I'll be speaking with Wes Fagan. He is the Chief Experience Officer at Coats Group. And we'll be talking about digital signage disruptors in the market and how that's going to affect the market going forward. So anyway, Wes, how are you doing today? Pretty good, Bradley. Pretty good. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. So getting right into it, what do you see as some of the big trends right now in the digital signage slash interactive experiences market? Uh, yeah, I guess I guess the, the the trends and the insights and the things that we're seeing in the in the in the market at the moment um, have probably really captured it around the adoption of how technology has been integrated into the modern day uh, interactions and also then the the end customer experiences. Um, from the research that we've done at Codes Group, we have an incubator team and uh, that incubator team basically does deep research into, into new and emerging trends, both in category and out of category. Um, and what we've, we've we really seen come to the fore is probably four categories, four, four categories that, that we're really focusing in on. Um, the first one we've wrapped up under the, the title of Seamless Experiences. So this is really about when digital dexterity and, and, and our effortless kind of personalization comes to the fore. And it's really about how brands are going to onboard better through an omni-channel or potentially look at how tech enhancements in their drive-through or QSR stores or restaurant design, how that's going to be inspirational and really in, in change the kind of experience so that it's seamless. The second topic that we've discovered and, and we're seeing a lot, obviously, with the post-pandemic pieces and some of the things that are moving around in the marketplace is really been the evolution of the footprint. Um, so in this topic, we're really thinking about how the likes of curbside and click and collect and any non-contact initiatives, obviously with safety in mind, um, can come into the customer purchasing journey. And then as we extend that out, how is the traditional boundaries of the store footprints going to change? So we have areas now where we're seeing less foot traffic um, in restaurant. So is there a way where we could potentially relook at the in-store trends? And then I guess as the as there's less people commuting, is the what's the onus on the car park? And how's the car park going to evolve over time? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the third uh, option, uh, I guess the third trend that we've seen come out is is immersive interactions. And this is more around how technology and and the interface that we're using, you know, as, as you, you know, Bradley, like everyone's, heads are kind of buried in screens these days. So it's really about how could the interface change the way that we interact with things and how can NFC and 5G and so forth accelerate uh, interaction touch points. And then lastly, then it'd be remiss of us to not think about the, the, the disruption that's happening then around the operations of everything. So as we spoke about previously there, uh, contactless is changing and fueling new services. So how are the models of operations changing? What's the, the focus shift changing around automation versus staffless? Um, and, and what type of thing is, is at play when we say... Uh, IoT and so forth coming into the kitchen and, and sensors and so forth. So they're the key kind of trends we're seeing right now and, and expect to kind of grow. But as with any trend, you know, um, it takes a level of adoption before things get sticky. And, and we're probably mm-hmm. 24 to 36 months away from things getting sticky, I'd say. Gotcha. So that gives us a lot of good information. But with that in mind, what do you see as some of the big disruptors in the field right now? Yeah, that's 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 a that's a great question. I think I think the biggest disruption we've had is, and again, it would be remiss of me to mention the the pandemic because the pandemic has has mm-hmm. driven so many 
um, conversations and 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 I guess uh, products and disruptors in our in our field in general. Where DriveThru was the goal of DriveThru was speed and and service. DriveThru has now been viewed as safety and service. So speed is still a very, very critical part of it, but it, it offers consumers an opportunity with drive-thru that they have a safe journey and that they, that, you know, it's contactless. So I would say the biggest disruptors we're seeing then off the back of that is the, the footprint evolution. So when we're talking about uh, delivery collection points, if we're talking about reprioritizing lanes of the, of, of the drive-thru, um, and even if we're talking about then the role that we can look at in terms of, um, the the geofencing and beacons and that type of piece because when I say geofencing it's about figuring out and targeting your your consumers and your customers before they reach your venue and that you have them at different kind of caption moments throughout their journey towards your venue and that disruption and what that sorry that what that offers in terms of a disruption is it gives you the restaurant and the owner operator or the franchisee so much more intel around what to expect. A, a customer, what what the, what the end customer expects. So that disruption then is, is dramatically changing the menu. It's starting dramatically changing the, the the kitchen work. It's dramatically a change, changing how you market to 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 a customer um, because they if they have ordered online or if they've ordered through a mobile app or whatever it may be, and you have you have geofenced them or, or identified them before they arrive then their transaction and their, their interaction with your brand is so much shorter than what you were used to. Right. That's, that's very intriguing. So how, what is really changing about the way customers interact with technology? You mentioned immersive experiences a little bit, but can we dig a little deeper on that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I guess there's, it's across maybe four or five different things. So, Let's let's start with the obvious one again around the safety point of view. So, touch screens and and microbial uh, surfaces that we're looking to control the the interactions with that's really that's really seen a change. Um, we're no longer really expecting someone to come up and 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 bash away at a touch screen or bash away at a keypad because obviously you know different kind of sanitation and hygiene regimes then then kick into mind. So what we're starting to see is we're starting to see the role of gesture control. We're starting to see the role of eye control. We're starting to see the, the role of eye tracking. And then you know recently, or I'd say maybe in the last twelve to eighteen months, Amazon have launched the, you know these IoT stores. So they're using cameras and sensors to predict and 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 basically to monitor um, the in-store uh, uh, behavior. And and all of these type of things culminate in a way where the actual store now, or the restaurant, or the venue of choice that you that you're speaking about, um, the the interactions are changing. And what we've noticed as well is that from our studies is 55% of consumers would like to be able to point their phone at any object and receive information about that. So what that means is that the, the phone now is, has truly, and obviously we, we've been following this as a, as a hunch, you know, for, for many, many years, but as we all know, now, the phone now is truly the, the, the point of receiving of information. So when you think about that, that's going to, that changes then how people interact. And when you remove the role of, someone doesn't need to be physically driving a vehicle if they're in restaurant or if they're stationary, that mobile device is, is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's almost obvious for me to say, it, but, I, but I think it's, it's a really important point to reiterate that when you have uh, uh, the, the advantages of let's say augmented reality, or when you have that screen in someone's hands, that if they, if you can use that screen as a pointing reference, you can actually provide the 
the buyer with so much more information and so much more opportunity as well to increase the the, the value of, of your sale. Right. That is, that is very intriguing. So my question is getting more specifically, how can retailers use these technologies to guide the customer journey? Yeah. Um, yeah good, 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 good question. So, so I think the first thing uh, to think about is, uh, again, at Coats, we, we, we map out our, our customer journey across five moments. So you have your, your entice, your enter, your engage, your, your empower, and then your extend. So that covers the life cycle of the customer journey as you, as you move through. And I think the way that retailers can look at technology here is at the entice moment, how much personalization or how much information gathering can you utilize so that you can make sure that the content, the history, or any preferences can boost engagement and satisfaction. And as you move into the, the enter and into the engage, so this is really around the decision-making into the purchase moment. It's really about making it as simple as possible, less friction, more, more, more stickiness, but also looking at ways where you can kind of take outside influences to make the purchase behavior or the purchase moment more engaging and more insightful. And then as you move then into the, 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 uh, the extend and into the loyalty kind of section of it, it's really about remembering that using that, using the, the buy-in behavior, using the, the experiences that you know, and making the experience um, on the next arrival as seamless as possible. So I can give you kind of an example of that. Whereas if you used some sort of personalization or user ID for a, a return customer in your restaurant or, or a return customer in your store, once you identify that person, then potentially what you can start to use is you can use um, uh, data or, or facial recognition or whatever it may be around shelf talkers or, or pricing, or maybe it's members only pricing type of thing. So you can actually ping the person so that on arrival, you know what their, their search history is, you know what their past history is in terms of interaction with your brand, that on arrival, they could potentially see a new price point or a price point that's specific for them. That then creates a bit of an exciting delight moment for that, that customer. That customer then goes and purchases that product. And then at the point of purchase, it could be something as simple as, you know, in-baked in your mobile app or potentially even just having a, a tap and go uh, point um, where you can just simply just pay wave and, and you can tap your, your, your phone or your, your, your payment uh, option of choice. And then it's, it's a seamless exit then. And then it's about really taking that interaction then and making sure that you have a follow-on with communication and marketing so that the comms then that you receive, you know, if, it, if it's a retail, let's say a grocery store type of interaction, it's really understanding what's the demographic of that purchase, what was that person purchasing and what are they more likely to purchase in the future? Whereas if you're in a restaurant, it could be something around, what does that meal tell us? What, you know, if someone bought a, a single item versus buying a family item, then, then there's a lot of information there that needs to be gleaned and really thinking about that and how you market that to the customer. So then the next interaction it's enhanced. And, and that's really how technology can, can, can play it, play a role. Interesting. So one of my last questions is we've talked a lot about these different sorts of technologies as immersive technologies, these dynamic technologies, these facial recognition and all that. But what role do you see contactless and touchless technology playing? Um, I think to attack the contactless piece, we probably have to look at it from, from two kind of, two kind of areas of focus. I think we now know that, that, that customers are, 
I'd say there's, there's almost an expectation that the, the purchasing experience can extend outside of the traditional boundaries of a store. So what I mean by that is, is that when you enter a forecourt or a car park or, or, or a shopping center or a, 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 a restaurant forecourt in terms of the, the car park and so forth, that with contactless, you have opportunities to put multiple interaction points into that venue. And if you, again, as, as, we, as we've spoken already, Bradley, about the, the role of the mobile, if the mobile is, is key to it, then having contactless uh, as a, a supporting service, whether it be on a totem or whether it be in, uh, inbuilt into a, a kiosk, for example, or whether it be um, even we've done it, we've done a product in Australia um, where we've actually mounted contactless points below delivery, uh, sorry, below food pickup windows so that people are moving through the drive through so that they can physically tap on the external of the building, complete the, the transaction and then proceed on their journey. So I think it's, it's, it's really around how can contactless be, be live on and, and extend the, the traditional boundaries of a store footprint or, or a retail footprint. I guess the other piece then is, you know, as we, we push the boundaries out a little bit further, it's about how can we make redundant spaces um, like such as car parks or pedestrian thoroughfares around it, shop fronts and so forth. How can we meet an, an evolution of let's say in-app ordering or how can we make the experience more comfortable or more hygienic? Um, so there's two pieces there really that, that contactless will, will play a role. And there are two things that were really really focusing on at, at Coates um, and I'm really excited to see where it can go because it, it, it removes the, the heavy lift of technology everywhere where you can just stand up, you know, isolated or, or individual items in, in the footprint. That gives us a lot of very interesting insights. Thank you so much, Wes. Did you have anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? No, I just really, really appreciate having a chat today. Um, and I guess if, if anyone's interested in this type of stuff, um, please, uh, check out our, our design blog, a cheeky plug there on our, on our Coates um, website. But I really appreciate the, the time, guys. Excellent. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, Wes.